listening to the New Century Multiverse, The Princess Thieves. Chapter 10. Nagging Doubts. Tuesday evening. At six bells, Mortimer strode into the Mad Bull Inn. She tossed down a silver. A pint of your least uriny beer, please, good sir. Right you are, Mortimer. A pungent fellow sidled over and leered into her cleavage. All right, darling, ain't seen you in here before. Bloody hell, one second, that might be a new record. I'd best leave her alone if I were you, Garlic. Very nice, very nice. What do I get for ten copper? A smack in the face and the arduous task of removing ten copper coins from your own anus. (laughs) Calm down, you mouthy slattern. Also, barkeep, can you tell Stoat to get his donkey-buggering, penny-farthing seat-sniffing carcass down here too sweet? Use those exact words. He's not going to like me saying that. He'll know who sent you. I promise he won't hit you any harder than I will if you don't move exceptionally fast. She's a brave little snatch, isn't she? Right away, Mum. Be thankful I left you the other testicle. Shortly thereafter, Garlic, the man Mortimer had casually emasculated, was being carted away, and she was sipping her beer distastefully and cleaned her gelding gun with a damp cloth as the man named Stoat emerged from the basement. He wore a scruffy trilby. Mortimer, as I live and breathe. Stoat, as I live and try not to breathe in here, it's mostly farts. You charmer. I especially like how you maimed a bloke for mouthing off at you. Luckily, he already has children. This is me breathing a sigh of relief. Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I have to breathe in again now. What do you want? I've been gathering information all day about this missing princess. I've traded banter with all manner of dandy prats, munts watchers, mutton shunters and windy wallets. Figured I'd come and find out what the knives have got. Ah, you were trying to find out if we'd done it. How perceptive of you. Lover, the reward is a thousand gold. Just between us. I've been offered twelve hundred. That's why I'm trying to keep this one quiet. Will you go already? You first. For God's sake, I ain't got time for this. The watch have already been here looking in our basement and every cupboard for this kidnapped bint. Things got pretty hairy, but all we told them is what we knew. It was probably the knives or the hoods what done it. And between you and I, since I know it wasn't the knives, that leaves one organisation worth investigating. Hmm. The hoods wouldn't be stupid enough to keep her in London. Too many eyes and ears. So they moved the north or south? Or they went through the door? I heard a rumour today that one of their old hideouts was in Camelot Forest. Worth a look? Alright, we'll do it. Now, let's talk numbers before we go. I can get 15 boys inside of an hour. Much more than that, and we'll attract attention from the watch. I'd still say go through in three groups. You want me and 15 men? We get 800 of that 12. 400. If anyone's pulling this off, it's me. I can go on my own. 700. You don't know how many hoods are in the forest. 500. I can handle them. Plus 15 of us on your tail? Because we're going now, whether you like it or not. 600. Deal. Stoat and his gang would have deliberately struck at the heart of the hoods for nothing. Mortimer would have gone as high as 800 before killing Stoat on the spot.
Back at Camelot, the little band sat round my table, while Oberon sullenly doled out bowlfuls of something brown and steaming. Here. It's a stew. I'm not hungry. Then by all means, don't eat it. Oberon, there's something I need to know. I think it will... uh, I think it will help me understand your people a little better. Why our skin is green? No. Why did you leave Hanoth? Really? You know what Mind Shadow is? I know it afflicted your race once. Believe it or not, Viola has not been my only source of information growing up. I've had a lot of Dwart history fed to me over the years by my tutors. And my father, only... Only now, you're not sure how much of it is true. It's more the half-truths I'm worried about. Mind Shadow is contagious. Right. Wrong. It's hereditary. Passed down through families. Oh, what a surprise. Brutality runs in the... Viola, shut up. Yes. She's right. In a manner of speaking. Not a lot of Akka made it out of Hanoth. It was an exodus for us. Those who wanted to make the journey to Celadorn who didn't have this... This defect. Those that you left behind. Oberon lowered his head, pursing his lips. They weren't the people we wanted to be. Their hearts and minds had... gone. They'd lost what it meant to be an Akka. All they did was survive and fight. I don't even know if that world has a population anymore. Certainly not one incapable of thinking for itself. It may simply be animals now. Like the Bargast. That's frightful. How do you know if an Akka is born with this? You don't. My brother Ajax was one of the smartest kids I've ever known. So quick, so... creative. He was... He's an artist. Your brother? Oh, Oberon. It started when he was about 17 years old. He had these dark flashes where he would lose himself and forget where he was. Good days I would tease him about it, but the bad nights... Oberon lightly touched a long, ragged scar beside his right eye. That was many years ago. I look after him now. In fact, Robin, I'm going to need to come with you when you go back. I haven't checked up on him since Monday. Yes, of course, old boy. You were a good man. A good Akka. To stick beside him. Yeah, he's a lucky guy. Savage brutes as they were. I don't like that we left our afflicted behind. We were in very real danger of being wiped out. But it always felt like giving up to me. I don't do that. Hey, Purple Eyes. Looks like we have something in common after all. Varla, the nice Akka is speaking to you. I... I wasn't aware of some of those things. I don't know what to say. Best not say anything, then. Don't eat, don't speak, 
Just be judgmental and sulk. Robin! It's right in front of your eyes, you pampered clown! How could you stubbornly hold on to these beliefs? The greatest lie ever told by our people is that theirs are beneath us. It's comforting not to think of what a bunch of greedy, duplicitous cheats we've been. This coming from a thief. I take back from those who won't give fairly of their own accord. I'm looking out for the people at the bottom who have less than nothing. If nobody pushes back, that boot will just keep pressing down. Can you smell burning martyr? You must sleep soundly at night knowing what a bloody hero you are. I sleep phenomenally well. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go and arrange to have your worthless asses handed back to your despotic tyrant of a pretend father. Worthless? Pretend? I... I... No, that's fine. You're right. Go do what you have to and we'll be out of your hair forever in a few hours. No. Gwendolyn. You can carry on being a hero. The princess rose to her feet and left the table. Uh, Robin screwed up his face, bounced his forehead off the mahogany surface, and departed himself. Oberon sat with his head in his hands, and Viola sat, blinking, dumbstruck. A long silence ensued, eventually broken by the purple and pink Duart picking up her spoon and attacking the stew Oberon had made, guzzling down every morsel. She felt him glance at her, but chose not to comment on her actions. Mm. Gwendolyn sat on the cold, mossy stone with her back to the well, sobbing her heart out. (laughs) Eventually, she became aware that old Meg was standing to one side of her. A folded handkerchief had been extended in her direction. She took it and blew her nose. (laughs) Would you like to see an interesting horse before you go? (laughs) Yes. Then follow me. Holding up her lantern, the grumpy old hag led the dumpy, blubbering monarch through the streets and passageways of Camelot, passing by darkened, sealed rooms, locked gates, and some hidden things that were so secret even Meg was unaware of them. Eventually, they reached what remained of the ancient banquet hall. Meg rapped on the flagstones three times with her staff, and sure enough, from the shadows emerged a horse. Gwendolyn had expected a fine, thoroughbred stallion, or one clad in full armour to match the surroundings. Instead, what loped towards her was an ordinary and exceedingly scruffy black thing. It had an arrogant look in its eye and was swatting lazily at the flies on its mottled backside with an ungroomed tail. Oh, aren't you a handsome thing? Piss off. Oh. I know when I'm being patronised. Meg, don't waste my time again this week. This is a princess of England. Could you be nice just this once? Nope. It talks. Yes. If you succeed in convincing him to stop, tell me how. Would you, Mr. Horse, I mean... Give him this. Thank you. Would you like this apple? Red apples given to princesses by strange old ladies? No, I bloody wouldn't. Do you have a sandwich? I can fetch you some stew. Yummy. You really are quite a deceptively remarkable animal, sir. Just call him the Nag. Sir Nag? That's going to stick. Black Beauty was one of my very favourite books growing up. 
And if you don't mind my saying so, Meg, it doesn't seem like you take care of the nag anywhere nearly as diligently as a beast of his intelligence deserves. So many backhanded compliments in there, I don't know where to start. I've tried, time and again, haven't I? Be honest, Nag. She has. He won't be brushed, or groomed, or ridden, or have those rusty shoes replaced. Why ever not? I don't like being fussed over, and I can take care of myself. Except when it comes to sandwich making. Except that. So how did you come to learn to talk? Well, it really is a very remarkable story. You see, at an early age, I was bitten by a radioactive linguist. Nag? I'm just a talking horse, all right? That's about the most information you're going to get right now, you nosy porker. (laughs) Well, I... I like you, the nag, and you've cheered me up. Then I've done my job. Away with you. I recall promises of stew. Yes, sir. (laughs) Gwen turned about and began to pace back to old Meg's house with her wizened guide in tow. Do you know, Meg... For the briefest moment earlier today, I really did feel like I could have pulled that sword out. Did it fit snugly in your hand? It did. It does for everyone. Everyone thinks they're special deep down. Like they were meant to do something profound in a troubled world. And then this shaft of destiny is placed before them. And they tell themselves, this is what I am meant to do. And then, when it doesn't happen, well, that's when things get really interesting. Having power bestowed is a revealing process. It shows who you are. But even more than that, having power denied, being thwarted, frustrated, turned down and defeated by chance, by strangers, by enemies, by friends, When the chips are down and you lose resoundingly and repeatedly, that is when a person's true character comes to the fore. Did King Arthur fail? Of course he did. He and those around him were unable to make his dreams of peace a lasting reality. They were, after all, only human. Well, I mean, they were duat, but it's an apt phrase. How did he die? I mean, really. Whenever I'd ask for specifics, they would always move on to heraldry and the importance of bloodlines that were severed at that point. His final act, after driving the drakes northward, was to take on his brother Morgan, a frighteningly powerful necromancer who had brought the drakes into Kelador in the first place. It was Arthur's wizard, Merlin, Merlain, who used that same magic to bring the Arca into our realm to act as allies in exchange for a new home, just as Oberon said. She thought... uh, She thought she could heal two worlds. She was wrong. And when Arthur fought Morgan, the brothers mortally wounded one another. The necromancer had been stopped. The portals closed, but at a price. We lost our king. Old Meg paused by a great columned archway and gestured through into the moonlit courtyard beyond. On a raised marble casket lay the carved figure of a Duarte king, sleeping with his stone sword. 
Arthur was brought back here, and here he lies, awaiting the day he is needed once more. Can he... I mean, will he actually rise from that grave? It's a metaphor, girl. Whoever pulls that sword has got to be worthy of the responsibilities he had. Flawed and proud and occasionally foolish as he was. He was... My friend. You're Merlain, aren't you? Of course I am. I... I don't know what to say. Should I bow or something? No. No, please don't. I'm sorry I got you confused with Merlin. The accounts of your involvement were pretty vague. Oh, I've been so many people, so many names. To many I was Merlin. Look. There was a flash, and in place of the old woman stood an old man, long grey beard, his head now adorned with a pointy hat. Now this is the form in which I felt most comfortable over many ages, as you might imagine. I merely decided to harness female energy this time around. It felt like the appropriate course of action in this proud, masculine society. Being a woman felt right. Another flash, and the old lady returned. Yet the hat remained. And, and I've gotten comfortable in these bones. And in this old flesh, in the ages since I made that decision. Not that I've held off dabbling in other forms now and again. There was a third flash, and Gwendolyn's eyes widened. Standing before her was a woman she had not beheld in close to a decade. <gasps> Nanny M. Oh. Oh my. Oh, I haven't seen you since... How... <laughs> seen you. Was I seven? Yes, my darling. You flung a goldfish bowl at me and screamed at me to clean it up and rescue them before they died. Oh. And I left you there. And they died? I am sorry, my child. Please. Please don't say sorry to me. I am so ashamed. I was... I am such a spoiled, wretched, worthless thing. Spoiled, yes. There's no denying that. She touched the girl's tear-stained face. Wretched? Perhaps a little. But worthless. No. Besides, a lesson needed learning that day, and I realized I couldn't handle you at that time. So I came across Viola. You sent her to look after me? And I implied that she might be able to put her talents to some good use. Oh, dearest Nanny M, you must be so disappointed with me. Why? You must have thought I could draw the sword or else I shouldn't be here. The thought occurred to me. But I'm not disappointed. You shall make a fine queen. With a little more wisdom and humility, Besides, I wasn't disappointed with Robin when he couldn't draw it. You know, I knew Robin had tried. He's... Oh, he was so spiteful just now. I don't know how to think of him. You are right to be angry, of course. His words were hurtful and ill-considered. But not, I think, born of anything beyond his own pain. 
So, should I forgive him? You should consider whether forgiving him will be of benefit to you both. There is much you two can learn from one another. Malayne leaned forward and extended her staff suddenly and sharply, striking the base against the ground. A shimmering bubble formed around her and Gwendolyn, and a stun dart stopped in mid-air, inches from the princess's shapely left breast. Get down, girl! Damn! Almost got her. Oh well, I suppose we'll have to do things up close and personal. By the way, the Knives and I had just arrived at Camelot, in case that wasn't obvious. have been listening to The Princess Thieves, written, edited, and produced by Alex Shaw, with a full cast. The players for this episode were Narrator 1, performed by Spencer Lieb, Mortimer, performed by Sharon Shaw, Bartender, performed by James Batchelor, Stoat, performed by Matt Ramsey, Princess Gwendolyn, performed by Theo Lee, Robin and Garlic, performed by Alex Shaw. Viola, performed by Loretta Saylor. Oberon, performed by Matt Wardle. And Old Meg, performed by Maureen Foley. The Princess Thieves' theme was Arrival by I. Sazanoff of Shockwave Sound. Miri's Magic Dance, Volatile Reaction, and Angevin, composed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes provided by Tabletop Audio. A huge thank you to somebody anonymously billed only as Amazon Customer, who reviewed Arlington very enthusiastically. If this was you, let me know at New Century Show on Twitter or New Century Show at gmail.com, which is also the best place to contact me with questions or responses or professional inquiries regarding the New Century Multiverse. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. And our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you to Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolf, Kieran Datchler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. I've been writing like crazy over the past week. I pulled away from Twitter after the election results just for a moment of peace in this horrible year and found that keeping to myself 
while it's made me feel a lot more lonely, has given me massive amounts of creative time back. I'm not giving up the fight and retreating into my cave. Far from it. I'm positioning the new century multiverse as essential reading in a world where Brexit can happen, where enough people want that in the White House to make it actually happen. My books are all about fighting the opposite of these awful outcomes, unifying, cooperating, facing our fears, and doing so together. In my writing, I am now nearing the climax of The Princess Thieves. Only a couple of chapters to go for me, and after that is done, I'll be moving straight on through to Steamheart. And we've had great responses to the show returning. Remember, every single one of those great responses throws another presto log into our furnace and powers us forwards. And that goes for pretty much any creator. Encourage someone whose work you love today. You can only do good with that. And the more creators are happy and motivated, the better and more prolific their output and the more worlds we have to explore. Because this one can be pretty dark sometimes. <laughs>